two, one. And welcome to the Glacially Musical Podcast. It is beer, metal, swearing, and a side of vinyl. I, of course, am Nick Cameron, the mastermind of Glacially Musical, who's run out of ideas. I am joined by the man, the myth, the legend, the the sunset shimmer to my twilight sparkle, the man every pony knows, Keefe Chakas. How's it going? <laughs> weird. It's it's going it's going fucking weird. It's going Just weird. for the record, everyone who's checking in for the first time, because this is Matori Crew, as the uh, Randy Razorblade said in Year and a Half Life Metallica. Uh, thank you very much. If you are new, so here's the reality of the situation. Uh, beer check, vinyl check, news, system of the down, whatever. Uh, I'm in a weird mood, so good luck, everyone else. Uh, but so if you don't want to hear anything other than us discussing Motley Crue, skip ahead about 20, maybe 30 minutes today. I'm now going to beer check in my four hands brewing pine glass, which I acquired for free at Steve's Hot Dogs. I'm when you gonna... say acquired... Uh, every the last Thursday night at Steve's Hot Dogs of every month is keep the pint glass. Steve's Hot Dogs is of course owned by Steve Ewing, formerly of the Urge, famous Star Wars fan, and I'm going to tell you what kind of amazing restraint I showed at his old place, which was on my old street. It was a block and a half away. I could walk there before he moved into a, into bigger digs. There was a Return of the Jedi story record that I did not steal. I did once pull it down off the shelf to see if there was a record in there. And there was. So I am drinking this week a Charleville Hoptimistic IPA, 6.5% ABV. My father-in-law, my late father-in-law, Bob and I were both big fans of Charleville Brewing. It is a rural Missouri brewery. And the Hoptimistic is just delightful. Actually, I have not had it in a number of years. So check out my poor. Objectively, Hoptimistic is a fantastic name for a beer. It is, isn't it? And poor. That is a really good pour. My pours have been terrible ever since just, uh, you know, just since we went to the glasses here. I was better off just drinking it from a beer and... Not having my ego destroyed every week that I, uh, you know, suffer from poor bearing uh, issues. But anyway, I have once again a Dale's Kolsch in a can. Dale's it's pale not ale. a Kolsch. It's not Kolsch. Um, uh, sorry, it's a pale ale. They have a Kolsch. It is a pale ale. They sell I'm the a... Kolsch at my bar that's my corner bar. I'm a big fan of Dale's, so uh, if you haven't fun. tried it, get their old chub. I had to stop talking. I saw the pop coming. There it goes. Uh, Get their I, old I, chub I, scotch, I, scotch I, ale. It's amazing. Old, I've had the old chub. Pouring, pouring, pouring. Gently, gently pouring. It's the pouring song. Did you hear the burp? I did hear the burp. Ah, crap. That's I tried pretty, to. I mean. All right. That's better. That's pretty. That's, that's a, a good decent, pour. Decent pour for a change. Cheers, my friend. Cheers, Keithy. This is one of my favorite times of the week. It's mm. uh, a nice time to blow off steam, and I got steam to blow off. I hear that, brother. You want to go first on the vinyl check? Or you want me to go first? 
Um, I have a feeling we're going to overlap on the vinyl check. Let's find out. All right. You go. I'll go first, then. You go first. All right. I did pick up recently a Johnny Cash Gunfighter Ballads. Whoa. <laughs> it's not funny, but it's kind of funny. Hopefully Jesus. the record's in one piece. It's fine. It's fine. We have a, we'll, ladies and gentlemen, we are professionals. Don't try this at home. Johnny Cash, Gunfighter Ballads. I did not expect that. <clears throat> Usually it's in a little pouch in the back, but I have not opened up the sleeves yet. So I had to buy a new box of Mylar sleeves. Uh, last Gunfighter Ballad. It's got such amazing tracks as, well, shit, none of this on here anyone has heard of. Uh, well, try me because I'm a big cashophile. I Will Dance With You, The Last Gunfighter Ballad, Far Banks of Jordan. That I know. With June, yep. Riding on the Cotton Belt, Give It Away. Pretty oh, sure that is not the same track as the Chili Peppers. What I got, I got a gig to you. That's how he would sound doing that one. Shubba lubba 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 lubba. Johnny Cash never chubba loved. They never chubba loved. Uh, you're So Close to Me, City Jail, Cindy, I Love You. Who the hell is Cindy. June's going to be pissed. I'm going to be real pissed. going to stab uh, him. Ballad of Barbara. <clears throat> and the silver-haired silver daddy of mine. So I know like two of those. I know none of them. Two of those. And I've listened I, to the He record. did a whole, you know, him and June uh, did a pilgrimage to Israel after he got clean and sober the first time after jail and drugs. And, uh, yeah, he... Uh, he was deeply moved by his visit to the Holy Land in Jerusalem as a very devout religious guy. And mm -hmm. uh, he wrote a lot of songs, a lot of faithful songs. A lot of, he was already kind of a faith-based guy, you know. Um, but anyway, that we'll save that for another time. As we, we, we'll probably do a Johnny run, but it's going to have to be weird. I mean. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I picked that one up. It was a fiver. Uh, on Father's Day last week, I was told to be out of the house. I find my I found myself accidentally on a place where I could buy records, as I do. Now the next record, as I'm sure you're expecting, ah. Fireball Ministry. And to longtime listeners of this podcast, meaning two weeks ago, we finished up our our run on Fireball Ministry, and I loved them all. Yeah, loved them all. I loved all of them. And just being in the fact that I'm not in the most spectacular of uh, financial places, I could not purchase every single one. So I purchased the cheapest one they had on the run we did. This one was $15 on Bandcamp. It's also a great record. I mean, this is uh, the self-titled. Yeah, Fireball Ministry, self-titled. Great record, really good kind of doom metal. If you are a fan of the Obsess or Cable, I mean, I'm gonna shut up because we talked about Fireball Ministry for the episodes. So. Riffs for days, big fan. Um, and this, and this also... is my, also my favorite of the guitar solos of the Fireball Ministry records we did, mm. and I'm probably gonna buy the second one if I can. I it's running out. I just got one. And I got the most recent one. Shocker. Shocker. Um, 
So yeah, uh, good stuff. Good stuff I, when we can support the bands we like, not just with our words and our pods, but on pockets. Um, yeah, and just for the record, in the past, I have done vinyl reviews where I have been given vinyl records. This is not about a review. This is about me going, damn, that's a good record. Mm. Here's a couple of bucks. None of that will happen with this next run, I guarantee it. You, if you don't also, have them already, you're probably not going to go buy them. I have to say, last thing, and I'll shut up about my vinyl check. Uh, I when I purchased this, because everyone knows I moved. I moved, I moved, I moved. I talked about the move ad nauseum, at length, ad infinitum. I'm sorry. You're going to hear more. But I forgot to update my Bandcamp address. And I didn't notice. So I get the email. It's going to, it's shipping to your old place, Tower Grove East. I emailed them and I said, hey, I'm sorry, it's my fault. Can you change this? If not, when it comes back, I will pay you to ship it again. And they took care of it. Emily from Fireball Ministry totally took care of me and I got it. And I am thrilled. It is a great pressing. I have listened and cleaned it. Listened to and cleaned it. Great record. Now that I have it, everyone go buy it. Word. They're, run, they're actually running out of those vinyls. All they are running low. They are low. The sands of time are running low. Sorry, you do, you check some. All right. Uh, I thought you were going to check one of these. So I have finally got, waiting for the longest time, my old man wizard, Kill Your Servants Quietly album. I'm Look, I'm not saying I have it. I'm not saying I don't. I'm saying maybe I'm not checking every vinyl I have. Yeah, of course. And nor am I. Um, Fair. So, but yeah, I... This is possibly, probably, the final Old Man Wizard album, at least for a long time, if not ever. Great. Um, great record. Yeah, great record, great band. Francis, we love you. Uh, Dread Pirate Francis Roberts, as I like to call him, because you have to. And, uh, yeah, man. And he has other stuff that he's working on and other projects, and you can live stream with him and watch him make creepy soundtrack horror music and synth wave stuff because he's just dope like that dungeon synth and things and check and, out uh, his youtube channel subscribe to that i am a subscriber and if you are on youtube subscribe to us we would yeah. appreciate it we are small time creators and look our goal is to become millionaires this is not it but if you could help us become 400 dollars heirs sorry that'd be it again be i'm amazing really loose this week because fuck it i hear you bro i hear you so beer Look, check it's motley crew fuck it I yeah beer check it. vinyl check hey if they don't care we don't care beer check vinyl check news i'm trying to think if i have any news that our audience needs to hear about uh i will say because we cannot go one episode without mentioning the greatest band ever metallica um they finally after coming back a year straight of shows, they have finally had to cancel a show due to COVID from the band members. Mm. They are in tour in Europe all summer, or uh, not all summer. They're in t they're on tour in Europe for June and part of July before they come back to the states to do Lollapalooza. A member of the band don't know who has COVID contracted COVID. They played Hellfest. They played Copenhagen. And they were headlining in the Netherlands at another place, and they canceled right before they played. The festival promoter 
offered a partial refund because they didn't play, which is and still held the festival. Other bands were playing. Uh, nobody Metallica level, but pretty cool. And I thought that was unique and cool because, you know, we are in changing times and financially constraining times, so that was really cool. And I don't know how long they're going to be incapacitated because if somebody's got it, could be a mild case and test negative right away, could be severe, don't know. Don't know who's exposed. It's rough. When I had it, as you may recall, it was exceedingly mild, triple vaxxed. So, you know... Good vibes headed their way. Yeah, uh, I those guys are few... not young. You know what I'm saying? Just like exactly. You know they're. You know, the, you know James is 15 years younger than my late mother. Hmm. So, yeah, terrifying yeah. to think about. Yeah, they're all. <clears throat> yeah, but I have a few news items. Just gonna say, it's gonna get heavy, and I apologize. Let's start off with the lightness. To no one's surprise, I am sure, Gene Simmons announced today as we record this, that they are going to add 100 more cities to the end of the road tour. Follows it up with, there's no blueprint. We've never retired before. Now, one might question if the farewell tour was a retirement tour. However, there was no intent on retiring because two weeks after the tour ended, Ace Fraley was handed the contracts for the next tour, which, as we all know, he did not do. They, yeah, they, I think less would be better for them. Less is not more here. More is not more. Less would be more. They are going to do less quality. They're going to miss shows. Paul is going to strain his voice worse than it already is. They are going to rely more on tapes and things. Uh, also, just I'm going to jump in and share only about this tidbit here. Gene also said in another interview today that Ace and and Peter don't have what it takes to do Kiss anymore. Um, now, Peter is older and had cancer and has been semi-retired. So And knee surgery two weeks uh, yeah. or like two months ago. Yeah, so like, yes, that's probably right. Peter could not go on the road right now and do 100 gigs or 200 gigs in the next year and a half. It's no. Not, no. Even Ace, at his farewell to, uh, farewell yeah, shows, he didn't even play the drums. The whole barely time. played, yeah. But Ace has been touring. I'm not saying he's been good, but he has been touring. He can play. He, he can probably play rings around everybody in that band. He is at least as good as Paul Stanley. At least. Like, That's a now, low maybe, bar. Now, maybe bar. The, you're asking Ace to put on the makeup every night and all that and kind of follow the KISS rules and Gene and Paul's lead which Ace has never wanted to do, really. Yes, he probably would fail at that. But, like, saying he can't come on stage and do Kiss every night, he could do only Kiss. He kind of almost only does Kiss every night, plus the covers. Kinda. Kinda. Sorta, yes. He does two songs that aren't Kiss tunes a night. Yeah, That's yeah. it. So, like, to say that he can't do it anymore is ludicrous. And I will say well, no you know what? this topic. Gene Simmons always has to insult Ace Fraley in order to venerate whatever he's doing at that moment that is always for some reason the move all right now we're gonna take this down way low and then we're gonna get happy again kinda we'll see so here comes some uh you know at just for the record we record in advance 
So this, by the time you hear this, this news is not news. But as of today, the sentence for R. Kelly, and we're going to get seriously trigger warning right about now. So R. Kelly's sentence for sex trafficking, taking minors over the over state lines for uh, purposes of illegal sex acts, and way more that I'm going to stop talking about came down today he has been sentenced to 30 years in prison and thank fuck that finally someone in power a celebrity has really had to take a fall for their depravity and the irony is not lost on me for the depravity we're going to be speaking about for the next couple of weeks however this is way worse than that and It also turns out his legal troubles are just beginning. He has federal cases. He has state cases in Illinois, Minnesota, and I believe Wisconsin. Uh, The Illinois case dates back to his 2009 trial for uh, pissing on a minor. Apparently there was some tampering, so they're finally hopefully going to get him on that. So good fucking luck, you son of a bitch. Uh, you will never hear me say a quality thing about anybody who commits a sex crime. So good luck. Now, if you've been wondering why we have not mentioned anything about the f- decision of Roe versus Roe versus Wade being overturned, again, I will point out it's because we record behind. By the time you hear this, most likely you will be angry, tired, exhausted all those things. And I am with you. I am a strong abortion rights activist. Say abortion. It's fine. Whatever your choice is, whatever reason you have for having an abortion is your reason, your choice. It's your body. It's your business. I believe I speak for Keefe when I say we are very disappointed in the Supreme Court lying about their stances and overturning 50 years of case law and precedent. But as I saw Nico case on Friday, as we recorded this, the day it was overturned and she had a woman from Missouri abortion rights speak before and said, you know, say abortion, support the women in your lives. Personally, in this, I have had at least four or five women that have been in my life or are in my life tell me their rape stories. And I'm happy they're comfortable enough to tell me these stories. And I have been a strong advocate for women's rights. I have been a volunteer for women's organization, violence against women organizations and all that kind of stuff. I'm not going to go deeply into that, but regardless, there are many reasons to have an abortion. They are all valid. They are all okay. I support you. I will always support you. This fight is not over. We will win. We will get it back. It's going to take a minute, but we're going to get there. And I'm with you. I know Keefe is with you. But that is all I'm going to say about that on this podcast. Like Nico Case said, after the activist spoke and before she started singing, we are here for joy. They will not take away my joy. Do not let them take away your joy. And that is what I'm going to say to you. This is a joyful podcast, except when the music sucks. And even more so then, because I drink harder. But 
we will win. We will win. We will win. Yeah, Missouri is affected, right? Missouri is one of those states. Missouri is affected, however. Were they a trigger state? Like a literally... Trigger state, yes. Son of a bitch. Okay. Um, yep. Is what it uh, is. Is yeah. what it is, and we will win because they can't beat us. Yep. 70% of this country disagrees with the decision. Yeah. We'll get there. We'll get there. And with that, let's move on to a poor decision on my part. No, well, I mean... We are historians and musicologists, if nothing else. So I think you're going to have, you, it's like the facts of life. You take the good, you take the bad, you take them all. And there you have Motley Crue. Well, I feel uh, like I'm Mrs. Garrett this week giving the lesson. So, Joe, don't listen to Motley Crue, Joe. Blair, Motley Crue, they use cocaine. Just like your boyfriend. That is an, yeah, like we are, everyone's turning off at this point in the podcast. Um, like and subscribe, people. Like and subscribe and hear other things we do that are less grating. Uh, still, that being said. Um, so, well, I'm sorry, crew, go ahead. Where do you want to start? This Let's is the start... beginning of our series. 80s crew. It, it, 80s crew. The only good it... crew. What? I mean, do you care about, like, okay, like, who, you know, like, I, I don't want to name check albums, but, like, I love Karabi. That yes. Album's, that album's good. It's not great. It's good. It was a All great right, change. List, listen to the Department of Metal Antiquities okay. to hear my full. I mean, okay. Fair no, I, actually, what I learned on that episode when we, and I sat down to listen to that whole record again, it is a lot longer than it needs to be. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. They were trying to prove something. And uh, Saints of Los Angeles, which they wrote almost none of, is solid. Some of it's good. They didn't write it, any it's, of it. It's it, it, it's reasonable. For their uh, age and their gauge, it was all right. But Generations, like, the, yeah, Generation Swine. Swine is an interesting record because John Karabi and Vince Neil are both on both it. Both on it, which is weird. Uh, but yeah, yeah, this 80s crew is the classic crew. The crew people it is. will it remember. Is. The crew of our childhood. The Correct. crew of our teenagehood. Uh, there was an entire gang of dudes at my horrible junior high school. And I mean, like, so, uh, you know, I came of age in the early 80s. I'm a couple of years older than Nick. And, uh, but I came of age, like, my rock and metal, real true, because, like, everything before that to me, even Maiden and Priest was classic rock, because that's the environment I grew up in. We talked many times about New York radio in the 70s and 80s. I probably should do a longer thing on that at my myself at some point. But, um, yeah, I have nothing to add there. 83, 84, 85, 86, when crew is really ascending. That, that era is crew is, they're on the precipice of becoming Led Zeppelin 2. Humongous superstar guys. Yeah. Like they're already like a humongous hit band at that point. They, and, they, yeah. they had, I mean, they had Led Zeppelin 2 in their sights. Yeah. But I would also say like at that point, while everybody around me was like Motley Crue, Rat, Poison, 80s Kiss, I was already like, no, dude, Van Halen and Def Leppard, you know? Um, Just going to point out, a couple yeah. of years in 1983, between Keithy and myself, matters a lot. Hmm. Because in 1983, I'm like, oh, my God, Quiet Riot is great. The no, dude well, they is were. metal. They were. They, were they weren't great in 84, but. Um, For more information, see our published works about Quiet Riot. Yeah. Uh, but so. let's let's the reason why we're talking about this is mm -hmm. to be part of the wave, as it were. 
a rising tide raises all ships. And right now, Motley Crue is on their... What the hell was that? I cling my can with the glass because I we're doing we're in fully into the crew and I need the rest of this beer into my glass. Well, there we go. I got I got some. Okay, so Motley Crew is reuniting. It's taken two years to to make this happen. They are reuniting based off of the Netflix miniseries. Was it a miniseries or a movie? A movie. So actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with this. this you go is, ahead. This is my. I don't want to steal your thunder because you are gonna run this series and you're gonna oh, run this fuck. episode. Yeah, Shit. man, you made your bed. You're gonna lie in it. Um, you can made the cardboard box. You're gonna roll in it. And, That's fair. Uh, so here's what I think happened. Motley Crue famously dissolved, signed a contract to never reunite, bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. This is our farewell tour. The tickets were astronomical. The performances were not good. I saw one, not good. Got my, I got mine on Groupon. My wife, who wanted to go to see Motley Crue, who we have a record. Her only Motley, she has a Motley Crue record. Had she never the, seen them? No, we had seen them. Okay. From the 80s, two songs in, she goes, Nick, I want to leave. Great. Alice Cooper um, was amazing, just for no, the record. Of course, of course he was. I mean, it's um, Alice Cooper. So they they go to retire, and they, you know, Vince has a solo career. Mick is kind of ill. Solo career is an interesting turn of yeah, phrase. Yeah, well, I'm just saying, he thinks he has a solo career. Nikki has 6 a.m., which is now defunct. Tommy has records he puts out every couple of years, some rap metal stuff. Yeah, that dude, like, puts out a new project every, like, seven to eight weeks, and I just don't care. Yeah. That's, Not even a little. Yeah. So I think what happened is just happenstance, right? The the you know crew's last show ends, and like a few weeks later, maybe I'm fuzzy on the dates, but within a few months, GNR reunites, sells out the most shows ever, makes the most money ever over a couple of years. It's already the biggest grossing tour of all time. Yeah. This is G- still technically the same Guns N' Roses tour from 2016 now. GNR played a stadium in St. Louis. And just to be clear, you know, we are we are the number 20, 20, 20 or 28. I don't know. Some number in the 20s. Something low. La- Sorry. Major <laughs> fucking league. Clear? clear? Sure. No. Anyway, we don't get a lot of stadium shows. And Molly, not only did GNR play a stadium show in St. Louis, they played the football stadium. Where they were banned for many years, by the way, from the riot they caused. Uh, just mentioning that they were we banned. Gonna, do, we, do we need to talk about it? No, but I'm just saying okay. they were banned for many years and they still came back to sell out a football stadium. A football stadium. Who's going to go? Wife said we could go on one condition. I could find a hotel room yeah, downtown. Think about that for a second. We lived at that point in time, 1.8 miles from. Well, you're not trying town. to get out of that show and come home. And it now. wasn't worth it to drive home. Yeah, I get it. So, uh, um, did so, not find one. Did not go. So, crew retires. Guns comes back, makes a boatload of money, and I'm sure the Motley guys were like, "What do we do? Why do we do this? Look at the money these guys are making. We we'll just sit out for a few years and come back. Maybe they'll go away and we'll come back. You know, there's the never-ending rivalry between GNR and Motley Crew." Um, so yeah, that's kind of what I'm going to, I'm going to say. I think the only reason crew is back now is because they thought, and they did see dollar signs. Of course, if you have to have five or six bands of this magnitude on this tour, 
you're not making all that much money. You're splitting the money, whatever. Well, I mean, if you have an average ticket price of $100, which probably in 2022 is a reasonable number, and you are pulling in forty five <clears throat> to 60000 a night, mm-hmm. Motley Crue is probably pocketing two point five a night. They're the headliner. They are the co-headliner with Def Leppard. So mm, whatever. They are not the headliner. They're splitting the money in half with Def Leppard at least. And Poison and Joan Jett are not buy-on bands. They are paid to no, be there. So no. they're getting a guarantee and a payment every night. Joan Jett is interesting because I have now I, I saw her with uh sticks in Tesla. That's interesting. Which makes no sense. Well. And now she's with the hair bands. Which also makes no yeah, like misogynistic also makes no sense. sex oversexed hair bands while Joan Jett is like a feminist punk icon. But still, big rock songs. That's what they have in common. Big riffs, let me, big songs. Let me also say, when Joan Jett played with Sticks, she's like, here's my songs, fuck you, goodbye. Yes. And you know she, what? It was awesome. She pleasure-fucked the crowd with her riffs and guitar. She's incredible. Oh, she, she I got to touch her briefly a couple of years ago. I touched oh, her on the arm. Oh, just on the arm as she walked by no. me. No. No. All right. No. Just telling you. Oh, God. You don't... Anyway. This is recording! Yeah, so... I didn't okay. say anything wrong or lewd. She passed by, and I gave her like an arm. Bash Brothers, calm down. Oh, well, it's Bash Brothers. You know what they call me? Jose. They call me Jose. And I'm Mark. Yeah, you yelled so loud, you overrode your microphone. Try not to do that again. I'll lean um, back. Lean back, Joe Crack. Um, so that's the only reason Crew is back is money. And yeah, oh, completely money. These, these shows are already a disaster. Vince can't sing. Tommy's ribs are broken because, depending on who you believe, he either fell up a flight of stairs or Vince beat his ass for fat shaming him. I'm going to go with the latter. That sounds more plausible. I have a hard time believing that fat as fuck Vince Neal could beat Tommy's ass. I'm just telling you, if I got I the I don't think he could catch him. He didn't have to catch him. He jumped on him and broke his ribs. I'm telling you, it seems very reasonable to me. Vince is the toughest guy in Motley Crue uh historically he's the tough guy of all of them uh mick talks like a tough guy but he's like an old man physically so no a hard wind will knock him down nicky you know is in good shape probably the best shape of his adult life but again he's also like you know a new dad at 60 you know he has no energy to wait he's another kid he just had a baby like a year ago jesus christ with his 20 something year old wife jesus and he's 61 no yeah. That's disgusting. He did the Tony Randall from The Odd Couple at like 84 with his 19-year-old wife had a baby. If you're not watching YouTube, died. if you... Ugh. <laughs> Anyhow, Nick is dying over here thinking, visualizing Tony Randall having oh. Anyhow. I, I visualized Tony Randall at 80 finger fudging Nikki Six at oh. 65. Well, that's, that's way too far. Anywho... Uh, and and I left out, out I left out Tommy, who's just like a walking disaster. Everybody. Don't no, just Tommy, leave him. Uh, in in credit uh, to the band, in credit to the band, and in credit to Tom, Tommy is you know give credit. They got Tommy Kulfudos to come in and back up Tommy. I think last night, as we record this today, uh, at the almost the end of June, this will run in a few weeks probably. Tommy played his first full show of the tour, ten shows in. Oh, he yesterday. did. Finally played one full show by himself, but I think Clefudos, they gave him money to hang around just in case anything else happens. Oh, so he's just yeah. going to travel oh, with yeah. the band and be ready to play every night. Oh, <sighs> Look, this is already 
so far off the rails. No, it's fine. This is what this. No, is. it it it. it I'm sorry. Yes, it is fine. This is Mo- we're talking about Molly Crew. Yeah. Uh, we could now spend the next 38 minutes discussing all of the terrible things they have done. Sure. Or good things they've done. Let's take it back to the beginning. I will let you do you. How much of the backstory do you want to give on the band before we talk? Let's about... let's. OK, we've talked about the tour. Uh, they're going broke, so they're doing it. I assume they're going broke because they from what I understand, they absolutely cannot stand each other as evidenced by uh, Vince uh, injuring Tommy to the point where he can't play. Yeah, his Tommy's wife said he fell up a flight of stairs. I just don't believe that that dude falls up a flight of stairs. I fall up a flight of stairs. I'm old and roly-poly. That dude is old, but not roly-poly. That, that's a statement. That's all I'm going to say. I don't understand. So um, let's talk about the beginning. Uh, Nikki Six was in a band called London. Uh, L- most London notably, is a fascinating band. We probably should do a series on London. I will have to learn more than I already know. Oh, I'm I'm ready to go with facts if you want them, but I really want to let you Hit talk. Em. I just no. want to say that, so London, you know, we talked a lot in the... We talked a lot in the Quiet Riot series about um, the history of the Sunset Strip and how Quiet Riot was actually one of the last bands to get signed, but the first band with a big hit of that scene just logistically interesting scene right very interesting scene so london is a band that kind of started in the mid 70s and everybody was kind of on it or in that band everyone was in that band everyone was in that band and it is wild because i'm gonna tell you why they that band was like the home the farm team yeah, they're to, the, they were the triple A of the Sunset Strip. And that's even mentioned if you've ever seen... Um, oh, we've all seen it. The Decline of Western Civilization. Deuce. Part two. Deuce. The Chris Holmes movie, basically. Oh, my God. That I hate like, that guy, and I don't want to talk much about him. Leaving, walking I don't, on. I'm not a big fan of uh, his band that is also returning. Um... He's not in it, I don't think. He is not in it anymore. I don't fucking care because I don't care about but, that um, So London, right? This is this is the greatness of London. Check. This is the list of people who have been in the band London. Nikki Six, mm. Blackie Lawless, Izzy Stradlin, Fred Corey of, of Cinderella, uh, Steven Adler tried out and was told he sucked, and then he came in later as an emergency <laughs> fill-in. And Slash, among dozens of other guys, famous and not famous, L.A. famous and world famous, who were all members of this band at one point or another. Yet no one has heard of them. Except Most people haven't heard of did not hear of this band until they read the book The Dirt or they saw the movie The Dirt, which you also right. alluded to at the Only the people that are listening to this podcast or watching this video have heard of these people. But yeah. that is a that is a phenomenal amount of people to come through to like to have come through their ranks of an a mostly unknown band. I know, and they said that in the movie. They're like, everyone has been here. They come here, then they go be great things. And I'm like, but what about you? Yeah. 
They're but, still around know, as of a couple of years ago. Within you like, know what, an, another series we could do is we could do an entire fucking series on that movie. We should do a rewatch and a re- and a review of the movie. That would be kind of fun. Maybe we'll watch it together. On a, be a you chaser. know, uh, uh, be a good, be a good chaser. chaser. Netflix has a thing, the f- party mode, where you watch with people in different mm. locations. All right, so London happens. Six leaves. He meets Tommy. They start to form what becomes Motley Crew. They have a third guy that sucks. They get in Mars. They got everything but the singer. They get Vince. Vince looks great. Seems like he sounds great, but really he's not a good singer compared to say, anybody else on the on the strip. As a as an old timey ugly some bitch who's never been really attractive except for like three years in the, the in the late nineties. And that may not that might not even have been true. I could have been lied to. Uh Vince Neal was a fucking sexy gentleman. Good looking, and, almost looked like a babe, but a very and, good and, looking dude. Yeah, I mean when I saw when I when I went to my cousin's house who were for a long time, my my musical senpais, my uh, that's why I, that's why I find out about Merciful Fate. So you know, Anguar, Anguar. Wow, that's a lot. Anywho, I looked at their copy of Shout at the Devil. It was the cassette tape, not the uh, not the vinyl version. And I went, why are you listening to a band of chicks? Probably didn't say chicks because it was nineteen eighty four, but. You know, I mean, Vince Neil was extraordinarily attractive, and the rest of them cleaned up enough for a photo shoot. And that's amazing, especially when you consider Vince Neil now, who I am way more attractive than. So, in the end, who wins except your millions of dollars? In fairness to Vince, because it's gonna we're gonna dump. All over acres of shades. On, oh yeah, acres. acres of shade all over. Heck takers. Heck takers. Deservedly, so. But I will say this: like why he made it, and we didn't. But why he made it in music, so far he did come out of the gate. He had been singing a lot of his life. He had been on stage a lot, so he had stage presence. He had charisma. He was good looking. He got all the rock moves. You know, he looked like a rock star. He walked like a rock star. He acted like one. And um, I think that went a long way into his selling his image that overshadowed his very marginal talent on his best days. And the rest of the guys helped make up for that. Now, now coupled with the fact that Nicky is brutally aggressive and his, his favorite band is Kiss and he super idolizes Gene and Paul and he's got a ruthless work ethic when he's not on drugs and and Tommy being a buffoon or not he is one of the greatest drummers ever period full stop the thing about Vince is he was discovered literally lip syncing at a roller rink that's amazing I don't know if it was Tommy or or, or Nikki and it doesn't matter because who cares one of those dudes said to the other dude this guy lip synced and got the ladies going that's our boy. Yeah. Now, so I think they he show, went to high school with Tommy Lee. I believe that is correct. They show in in the movie The Dirt, they show him singing, and that's when they came up to him. No, it was a roller rink. And for those of us slightly younger, significantly younger than Keefe and myself, you don't recall how amazing the roller rink was on a Friday night. That's where I went. Every Friday night in my junior high years, 
doing my crossovers, squatting down so the ladies could look at my butt. They probably didn't because, I mean, I know what I looked like back then and I would not be interested if I were a lady or a gay dude. And, but it was a big deal. So the roller in, in the early 80s, man, it was still disco. It was still roller rink sexy. And that was a big freaking deal. And yeah, so it, it, if you think about that, a dude that's going to play, that is currently, as you listen to this, possibly singing to 50,000 people was only there because he could lip sync lustfully in a fucking roller rink. And it was the probably people... the Bay City Rollers or uh, Andy Gibb. Not shadow dancing. Shadow dancing for eons and eons. Okay, and Dennis Leary. Nothing good. On And not Gibb. even on inline, but on quad skates. Mm-hmm. And they yeah, went, there was no inline skates back then, yes. And they went, that's our boy. Yeah, we had three roller rinks in a five-mile radius of my house until I was 10 years old. So I know what you mean. And um, at that point, I'm going to shut up and let you take over and discuss kind of the formative. They get Vince in the band and what? how do they get from there to Too Fast for Love. All right. I need a hit pause, please. <laughs> it's a break. <laughs> this just to brace ourselves. We're gonna do some drugs and a bunch of drinks and some shots right now. I have, look, I've already got another beer right here. He's I may grab another ready. one. It's gonna right. be a lot. See you in a second. So we are back, and I'm gonna drink this shit. I'm gonna drink it away, as my man James Leg would say. Gonna drink it, it away. Is it possible to drink until they sound better? No, I've tried. I tried in 2012. I've tried in 2014. I've tried in 24. I don't know. I've seen Molly Crew three times, and they have just been fuck terrible every time. I saw them on the tour with uh, Samantha from Cole, and the problem was is Vince was still there, and... <laughs> She's quite a great drummer, by the way, Samantha. Spectacular. I I did leave. It started raining, and I'm like, you know what? Fuck this. I already saw Megadeth. Let's go. Did you ever see them with Randy Castillo? Rest in peace. No. How long did he even play with them? There was a stint where Tommy also quit the band. Yeah, Samantha took over for Randy because he was sick. Sick with cancer. He was on. He was on a new tattoo. And then he couldn't do the tour. And I was really excited to see Randy Castillo because I had yes. never seen him. A marvelous drummer. Seen on, yeah, I'd seen Ozzy twice before that, but both times with Mike Borden. Or Puffy, if you uh, saw the Faith No More tour. Or the uh, the Faith No More uh, Relation Musical Podcast series. Because you can't have two guys named Mike in the band. Somebody's got to have a different name, nickname. Good. Anyway, so let's talk about some Matari Clue. If we have to, because we're just going to avoid this as, if we can. No, let's, so, not. let's go for it. Go for it. So Molly Crew comes together. They become a thing and no one will sign them. They get into fights with Metallica, literally on the Sunset Strip in 81. Uh, they were much bigger than Metallica. So Lars ran away significantly. So don't blame him. No one signs them. Their label, Neil Cowan, I believe his name was, 
starts a label called Leather Records, which it's Nikki, it's Nikki who's and the and the manager who start the label to put their own record out. Yeah, it's one, it's a label that releases one record, which is by one of the owners. It doesn't matter. (laughs) So they go in. It's a good plan. They they printed nine hundred copies of it. Uh, for 1980, okay. 81. I mean, yeah, no, no, no complaints. I made a thousand ones. copies of my one full length record in 2000. So like, and we also sold all those. So, what do you know? Better than me. So, there you go. And so, they go in and they record a record. Nikki writes most of it. Uh, one of these songs has a co write from one of the members of London. It's not a good song. <laughs> we'll get it's, to that. It's a leftover from London, and it wasn't even London's best song. But what okay. does that tell you? It's a London leftover. Yeah, it's rough. It is rough. That is uh, Public Enemy number one. Right. As you were, though. Continue. Oh, God. I don't want to. Uh, look, in fairness, Molly grew to some great stuff. This is... This is not it. Most of it's not on this album. Um, no. It's just this album has like three good tracks. I think that's about the right number. Mm. And then they put out a masterpiece, which we're not talking about this week. Sorry. No, but we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll you get have there. to have the you have to have the suck to get the good. So there's no light without darkness. Yes. And so they yeah, they put this record out. Oof. They play they sold a lot all 900 of, copies. Yeah, they did they, three pressings on vinyl, one pressing on cassette, sold them all. And then through sheer temerity and the fact that they just played, 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 and live, they were like bar band kiss, setting shit on fire, jumping out of their skins, outrageous behavior. Yeah, Nikki was, Nikki was set on fire nightly. Yeah, Nikki was set on fire nightly. He liked it. Um, they get signed to Electra. Which is Electra. Electra, who also signed before Metallica a year Metallica. later. A year later, they would before Metallica. A year earlier, excuse me. So they I mean, re- how, yeah. how do you even work that out in your brain? So they so they go in and they re record some of the album and re sequence the album as a major. Oh, record. and you can tell where you they re record that stuff. You can. And some stuff should have been <laughs> Should have re-recorded the whole fucking thing. Should have re-recorded thing. the whole thing because it's yeah, sonically not also got not good too. It's I mean the the guitar tone sounds like uh, my band's demo, mm. which was recorded on a JVC boombox. Yeah. So beside all that, and they recorded it in four days. Like yeah, no producer. Well, the first so the first time there's no producer when they go back in to re-record it. The label is like, who do you, who would you, if you had a wish list of who you want, who could you get? And because Nikki is insane and he big, he dreams big dreams and bless his heart in a positive way for dreaming big dreams. He says Roy Thomas Baker because he produced most of the Queen records. And Electra gets him Roy Thomas Baker to come in and listen to what they did. He gave them some notes and he left. And they still called him a producing consultant on the record. And what did Doc McGee say about Nikki Six? He is not a musician. He is an entertainer. Fair enough. I think he is a musician. I will talk about why later. Maybe, maybe, maybe later. Not now. 
at this point, the, the producer calls Doc McGee and they got Doc McGee to produce them. Now, in fairness, well, Doc McGee doesn't come until later, much later. So he's is not later? involved with them now. Yeah, he's not involved oh. with them till Theater of Pain. Well, um, I'm gonna shut up then. No, it's fine. It's fine. They had they had their early managers are running the band. Cowan is one of them, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, and let's say Nikki is a de facto co-manager because it's his vision that everybody is following anyway. So no, it's all good. Let's let's just quickly. If which version of the record do you have? I listen to the electro version. I don't actually have a copy of it. Okay, that's fine. Let's do the because I, and based on what I heard today, I don't really think I need one. Yeah, let's do the electro version, which came out a year, like half a year later, like eighty-two. Yeah. So, like, really, within eight, like, two years of forming, with two years of getting Vince, mm-hmm. they have a demo. They have too fast for love. They are signed to Elektra. They re-record a third of that record and re-put it out on Elektra again with a new pressing. That's four versions of the first album. And they're already on their way to writing the next one, which is the, the good one. So let's just quickly and mercif- mercifully run through the track listing very quickly. And I will tell you which three songs I think are good and the rest you can throw away. And you and I probably agree or... Maybe with one song apart, I have a feeling we're definitely going to be two, two you know, or I'm, three. You know, I'm going to be honest. I'm not sure I have three looking at the track list. <laughs> so it starts off with Live Wire. What can you say more about that track? Great song. Great riff. Tommy Lee. And you're not going to hear me, you know, jerk Tommy Lee's cock too much on this series. Because, you know, enough people have already done it. And we've all seen that on video, unfortunately. And sorry, I'm sorry. I apologize. But um, just going to say, since I brought up Tommy Lee's dick, uh, tried to watch the Pam and Tommy Lee series when the wife was out of town and she wouldn't hate me for watching it. And then uh, the Winter Soldier is talking to Tommy Lee's dick. And I went, you know what? No. They were going to get Chris Evans to voice the dong. I think that would have been amazing. Or Ryan hey, you Reynolds. Know, the moment when a man was speaking to his own penis, I went, I'm walking out. I'm done with this. I no longer require this. It's actually a pretty decent, it's a pretty well done, pretty decent show. Much you know better that's than great. the Sex Pistols series that's horrible. That's great, but I can't get past a dude talking to his own penis and his penis talking back. back. Yes. Dude, we got to do this. She's all that. Unbelievable. Uh, yeah, I agree. Done. Live Done. Wire, great song, great great opening track. If you had to pick like the top 20 Motley Crue songs, Live Wire is still on it. Top five. I mean, yeah, well, um, no notes, great song. That's Completely. the potential of this band. You see it right away in Live Wire, what they could be. They're rarely what they are, but what they could be is great. Ag- completely agreed. It is. This is, <clears throat> this is the ultimate... Motley Crue lyrics as well about nothing but you don't notice. None of their songs are about anything until three albums from now. Right. But but sometimes you notice, like, they get to the next track which is Come On and Dance. Bad. (sighs) Bad song. I don't no, that is not the level this is. I don't know how to describe 
whatever the fuck this is. This is come on and dang. I mean, I don't know. I I, I... don't imitate these songs. Right, the only one on. worth singing is Livewire, and neither of us can really do justice. Moving on. Moving Public on. Public enemy number one. The, the leftover. London leftover. The leftover from London that got that uh, gray guy some some pennies. You know what I can say? My leftovers, when I take them to lunch, are fine. But I'm not going to charge you for a whole record to listen to it or to have a taste. This song is fuck terrible. It is an insult to music everywhere. (laughs) And funny enough, they think they are public enemy number one, I guess. They're building their own reputation that doesn't exist yet, but okay. Um, I hate myself for listening to this twice today. Yeah, it's pretty bad, but okay. Oh, no, it gets better. Merry-go-round. Oh, What the ass is this? Well, I'll tell you what the ass this is. Merry-go-round is one of two songs on this album completely out of tune. So badly out of tune. Musically, not just vocally, but musically. So, like, again, I understand that, like, they produced it themselves the first go-through but no one in the room, no one recording, no one running the deck was like, dude, your guitar is out of tune, your voice is out of tune, the song is terrible. Like, no one stopped them. Just like, take the money, record whatever they do. So shitty. Fuck terrible. Now, let's go to the next track. Take me to the top. Holy shit, you're putting your dick in the vacuum. Oh, okay. I think Take Me to Top is a good song. It's like one of the good ones. Okay, fair enough. I, I looked at the track list. I don't know what went... the top, Take Me to the Top of what? I assume success, rock and roll, LA, Hollywood, whatever. But like, okay, so the song is meaningless, but like it's catchy and it's kind of heavy. So I didn't hate it. I hate myself for listening to this. Okay. Uh, moving on. It gets Flip way worse. It does Flip it over. Fun. Flip the record, slit your wrist, because here we go. Uh, piece of your action. I don't want to unpack these lyrics because I'm scared to know what that is. Uh, on top of that, Vince is in the key of L. He's in the key of not. No, he's, he's in the key of quick set. Yeah, he can't uh, hold a pinch. No, not... At all. Oh my god! In a this is way. this is a failure on a level I cannot describe. Remember the Metal Massacre Chaser and the mm-hmm. Rat song that is like one of their first demos ever, and it sounds immaculate. It's the best song they ever did, but it's also recorded beautifully and played yeah. well and sung beautifully well. None of these are that. None no. of these, not even the best one, are that. So just yeah, point that out. Not to do that. Again, we're not trying to punch down. We will give them praise when they deserve it. We're not punching down. We're punching up. They're <laughs> playing stadiums. They're right into it. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so that song's terrible. We're not talking about a band playing a, fi- a 150 club here. We're talking about somebody playing 60,000 seat stadiums nightly. Yeah. Um. So that song sucks. Oh my god, it's awful. It Starry is awful. Eyes sucks worse. Oh, I know. <laughs> and then, and then I'm gonna, I'm gonna, it's so bad. I don't 
I know they would try to be like that was like a thing to be like the sincere rock. Look, rock my song. sincere response to this is wanting to cut toes and fingers off while it plays, so I don't notice the song as much. Right. Here's a here's an assertion I'm gonna hit me with, and you tell me if I'm way off the mark on this. Probably the not. title track is one of the worst title tracks I can think of on a record. Just just me and my whole history listening to music. It's such a bad song. I don't know why they chose it. I know why they chose it. It's the best song on the record. No, it can't be. It's a horrible song. What? First of all, it's a terrible... It's an amateurish, like, children played it. It's played bad. The guitar yeah. riff is bad. Nothing on this record attitude, is played well. That's not true, because Toots' Live Wire and Taking to the Top are played well. Uh, so you know what they're capable of. Too, Too Fast for Love's a badly written song with attitude, terrible vocals. It changes key unintentionally, and the riff is garbage. So tell me what's good about this being the best track. Where? How? Wow, you hurt my soul. This song's terrible. Because this is like my this is my haven. The only song in this record. This is this like my cousin, my late cousin Jamie and I. Well, rest in peace. Would mosh to this song before moshing was a thing. And it's got a good beat. In the room where I melted the Millennium Falcon. Why? Because I didn't know any better. My mother left matches in her room, and whatever things happened. Uh, I'm so. Uh, I, I mean, I was listening to a lot of Pyromania back then, like okay. literally. That's so. us, okay. Uh, this is a year before Pyromania, um, but you might have had them at the same time. I think it's a terrible song. You love the song. Okay, wow. that's one of the rare ones where we're way apart. Not That does not happen often. That's <laughs> why you're the sunset shimmer to my Twilight Sparkles. All right, pal. Uh, and then on with the show to close it is Fuck le- that. Oh, less, Jesus not a Christ. good song, but to me less horrible than the one before it. But okay, that I, I no the 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 problem with on with the show is everything. Agreed. It's less offensive than let's say the other songs on this side of the record. Are you on the marijuana? I'm not. I'm just a beer and coffee. Um, Marijuana coffee? I mean, because I I have no idea how you can think that on with the show is not... uh, uh, I'm angry. I'm angry. We're going to fight over this. We're not. It's not worth fighting. I I know we're not, because that's awful. Um, But anyway, but this album somehow catapulted them, especially once on Electra, they started to, like, clock dollars and tour the world, which is hard to believe. How? I don't know how. I mean, the glam. This was, is you know, a this Quiet is a Riot. bad record. Quiet Riot has a hit. Rat is not out yet. Poison is not out yet. See, it's a, Def Leppard is out, but they're not quite where they are yet. Where this they, is, we think of them. This is terrible. This is a pretty bad. This record. record is objectively awful. It's a D with Livewire being awesome. Yeah, I know. It's got two and good people, songs in my world. People love this record, man. I know. It's been reissued four times. Not Why? just the first two we talked about. It was reissued in 2003 and again last year for the 40. Crew is reissuing and remastering everything vinyl for the first time. For the love of God, do Don't the John Karabi record. Uh, I doubt it. They are very... I, I know, I know. And but he's I not doing it. himself any favors with uh, them either. I want. Have you ever heard the cover they did for the reissue, the Raspberries cover tonight? 
No. Which is a far better song than every other song on here. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Look, I want to be angry. I want to say, you're wrong. This is a great record. Because when I was nine, but I listened to this and go, shit. Mm. There's nothing. You got Livewire. You, you like two, you like Too Fast for Love and I like I to to the top. So like there's three. At least we'll like call, collectively we agree on three songs. Collect we'll call it we'll call it two. All right. <laughs> it's like nine tracks and there's two. Two really good ones. And then the that rest are worth are so bad. F level so, bad. Oh I know. It's 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 fuck Fucking terrible. Ass. This is the kind of terrible where if you pissed in your face, it's about as good as Take Me to the Top. I'm sorry. I, 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 that's the only one I could remember at that moment. That's really mean. Um, uh, okay, fa- okay. how about this? How about, let's talk about the how, front Hang cover. on, hang on. How about this? If you pissed in your face, it's about as... It's not quite as good. Actually, it's a little bit better than Come On and Dance. You know... I don't know. That's really a stretch, dude. That song is horrifying. Um, but what's what? Okay, okay. What's better, pissing in your own face, or come on and dance? I would rather piss in my own face. I would rather piss in my own face. Um, we're having fun. We're having. Fun. We're trying to. We have to make a bad situation good. <laughs> it's the same old situation when you talk about Motley Crue, and this is just episode one, everybody. Um, so here's a really a question that has fascinated me for all these 40 years whose junk is on the front cover whose non-existent crotch is that on the front who thought it was a good idea to put micro penis guy it's probably Vince can I say something terrible I'm not trying to dick shame anybody I'm not no it looks like a lady's crotch it could be and we all thought they were chicks anyway I did think they were chicks when I saw they were ladies. We'll say ladies to be respectful as an assault on women in this country. I thought they were all ladies. Women. It looked like it looked like women. And it doesn't seem that I did wonder why the blonde I did wonder why the blonde haired woman didn't have a shirt on. Hmm. And that's small boobies. It wasn't Wendy Williams, that's for sure. When she has a shirt off, you knew all of You know, you know. Um but yeah, so the cover's weird. But of the time, leather and spikes. No, it's 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 LA it's, it's, it's a homage. It's a homage to uh, the Rolling Stones record, Sticky Fingers. Ex- except that record had balls, that, like that record literally had really, balls. Yeah, and it's also great. I'm I'm not trying to like be misogynist or whatever, but you could see the nutsack. <laughs> I mean, we just appreciate male genitalia on the apparently. The Apparently we do. Like, show me the real package or don't show me anything. (laughs) Look, give me the total package or give me Ric Flair. You can't do both. Woo. Um, Woo. Total package. So, yeah, there's not much else to say. This thing is brutal in not a good way. Um, Quick break, please. Sidebar. (laughs) Oh, we can't get through it. It's amazing. All right. We had to talk about something you'll hear next week. So let's talk about this in terms of, because I want to pad this out. Keefe does not. I'm going to try to engage him in more conversation because I hate myself. And 
So, Motley Crue, frankly, surprisingly, weirdly, is one of the biggest bands in hair metal. We all know this. This was day one. So, is Too Fast for Love better than uh, 1400 by Bon Jovi or whatever the fuck it was called? 4400 Fahrenheit. That's a terrible name. Is it better than that? No. All right. Is it better than uh, On Through the Night? Hell no. All right. Is it better than Kill Em All? No. Oh. All right. Is it better than Look What the Cat Drag Did? Also no. Hmm. Is it better than TNT? You know, ACDC? Yeah. No, I mean, we're not going to compare those things. Not fair. So this is better than no other debut album on record. In that era, probably not. Very few. Yet, this band goes on to be one of the biggest bands of all time. Being as being a KISS fan as I am, I am very well attuned to the concept of music and image. And as much as I hate to say it, most KISS fans, including hardcore KISS fans, care as much about fucking makeup as they do what comes out of their speakers. How in the fuck did this happen? Um, <laughs> you don't know, do you? I really don't. We were all on drugs, probably. I, was, I mean, seriously. I was heavily medicated. As this time. record is awful. But they improved a lot on the next one. And this record is as bad as Asylum or Animalize. So... How do you start with an F? And sell 100 million records. It is right. It's mind-blowing. It's the 80s. The 80s it was doesn't make you any had, sense. You had Reagan come in after the 70s on a wave of optimism and ruin the country in ways that are still being felt. So, But you know what? One thing Reagan did that modern conservatives won't do, he signed a 25-year extension of the Voting Rights Act. Come on, Mitch fucking McConnell. Bitch. Um, Bitch McConnell. Bitch McConnell. Anyway, I think it's I think it's sorry, we're 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 all it speaks to for crew, it speaks to the fact that when they improved, when they have when they lay a golden egg is humongous. Oh my god. When they sell a record, they have one record that has like twenty million copies sold of a record. And they have another one one that's fifteen. Well, uh, feel good. Mm-hmm. And Shout of the Devil are huge platinum, multiple platinum records. Well, I mean, in fairness, those are, the, I mean, that's the peaks yeah. of but, this band. But but I'm saying, like, when they hit, they hit huge. And when they toured, they were a humongous spectacle live. And they sold out everywhere. And they were fun and entertaining and dangerous, not really, but sort of looked dangerous and played like they were dangerous. And they were managed impeccably, especially when Doc McGee took over. And, uh, you know, some of the stuff in the dirt is true and some of it's an exaggeration, but, you know, they, they, 
rocked harder than most when they had to, and when they succeeded in spite of themselves, they did it incredibly well. So we will give credit where credit is due other places. This isn't the place. This is not that record. The fact that there was a second record. That Electra believed in them is a lot, man. They really were going out on a limb on things. It really speaks about them. If I could opine for a moment, if you don't mind. Sure. In the 90s, they talked about how if you're on a major label, you had to sell 350,000 copies or goodbye. And in the 80s, it was different. In the 70s, it was different. In the 60s, it was very different. You know, the the recording industry changes year by year, decade by decade. And if LiveWire comes out in 1992, and 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 I and I wouldn't have even mean, heard it. Oh, I don't mean a shitty hair metal record, but a record of that quality on a major label. That's all we've heard, and they get a bill. I I will say one thing: Motley Crue here on Too Fast for Love is not hair metal yet. They're not that glammy. They're not they're, good enough to be hair metal. They're yet. not good enough, but also they're not. They are really firmly ensconced in rock and heavy metal, and they're not hair metal yet. Other bands are doing hair metal before it was called hair metal at the same time as this album. So fairness to them, they were not. They were trying to be tougher and rougher and harder than all the other softer bands they considered. Yet, come on and dance. Okay, fair, but I'm just saying like Livewire and other songs have an edge. Whether their song is good or not, they're mostly not, but I'm saying like... Livewire has a great double bass riff. Great riff, great double bass playing, great, just hard. It's a hard, so it's got more, it's more in common with Motorhead than anything else. Like, it's not... You know, I'm, I'm actually going to go ahead and agree with that. Yeah. It, it does have a lot in common with Motorhead. It is in a, a good way. Yeah, they very much Lemmy. so. They love it, Lemmy. It is a riffy, it is a thunderous track. Followed up by "Come on and dance." I know. I know. I'm sorry. I'm never gonna get past. I. I'm you don't never- have to get past it. We're doing it now. You don't have to get. Pa- we ha- We're at that moment. You don't have to get past it. It sucks. I won't. I never will. Because from now on, Motley Crue is "Come on and dance." Well, they they erase that next time. So give them some credit. All right. All right. All right. Can we we'll can we wrap it up? Because now I've I'm really over it. <laughs> I'm over this episode. I'm over this band. <laughs> I we want still have three be. more of these to do. No, just I think just two. Mm. Next week is uh, Shout Girls, or Shout in Theater, then Girls and Feel Good. Okay, you wanted to do one a one a week or something? That was you yelling at me a couple of no hands ago. I only want to do one album a week because I can't do two. I know this band's so listening. Yeah. Okay. If if I have to get a new band, I can't do two. If it's a, if it's sure anyway. Anywho, so um, I will wrap my part up by saying, holy fuck, this record is bad. I had no idea how awful this was. It's fuck terrible. Do not buy it. Don't bother with it. Move on. But catch us next week. Wow. You should have planned this better. Anyway, I guess I'll take us home. It's my turn. Fair. Hit it.
Thank you for listening or watching to the Glacially Musical Podcast. On behalf of my gracious and great co-host, Nick Cameron, Thank I am Keefe of GhostCultMag.com. Follow me on all the socials at GhostCultMag or at GhostCultKeefe. You know where to follow Nick already, probably. And uh, as we often say at this time of the show, it's the Glacially Musical Podcast, and it does not play in Peoria. And I have to shut it off, so... So there.